broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, kicking off another show live in Phoenix, Arizona. We're at the owners' meeting. Vinny Bonsignor, DeMond Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm your boy Q, and we're with you for the next three hours. And, of course, we've got a loaded lineup for you. Excited to bring you all the sights and sounds. Uh, another day of being here at the Arizona Biltmore. It's been fun to be able to just kind of be around, floating around, and checking out uh, who's who's, what they're talking about. There were some rules changes that the owners agreed on. There were some rule changes that the uh, uh, the, the the owners agreed to not change, and there was a lot of different things going on. Uh, we also were part of a little, uh, I want to say it was a party, Vinny, but I don't oh, yeah. think it was, I don't really say it was, it felt more like, a, almost like a reception, like a welcome yeah. to the NFL owners reception, more as more than a party. It was almost like a wedding reception, but a high class one. Either way, it was, it was a pretty nice little affair that we had last night. Yeah, I give the NFL a lot of credit for, um, they always put on a pretty good show, yeah. you know, and, uh, and you know, I'll, I had to drive, so I wasn't partaking in. Uh, in I didn't either. You know what? I'll tell you this. But it was Off there. Top, yeah, it was. It was all there, <laughs> and it was all free. And I will tell you, I was questioned by multiple people when they saw a bottle of water in my hand last night. Like why? Yeah. The peer pressure. <laughs> they tried to peer pressure me, but at my old age of 46, I decided I was not going to fall victim <laughs> to peer pressure. So yeah, there you go. I was. I was good to go. Bottle water in hand uh, multiple times throughout the course of the night, and I even left at a respectful time. There so, you go. You know? uh, but, but, yeah, um, those are – I try to, you know, paint the picture. I took some pictures and all that kind of yeah. stuff because you're seeing everybody. Right. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody that's affiliated, including Peter King. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Sean McVay is over here. The commissioner is over there. The owner, Stan Kroenke, is over there. And, you know, John Mara, the owner of the Giants, right. is, is uh, eating a shrimp cocktail. And everyone's just kind of getting along. And it's a very low-key um, feeling here right now. Yeah. You know, ahead of the madness that's about ready to unfold when training camp opens and games actually begin. So this is a great venue to really you know get to know people and talk to people yeah. and communicate with people there was a point in time when i believe joe buck walked by me and said <laughs> sure. what's up troy aikman was yeah. right behind him said what's up uh, chris collinsworth it's like everyone who was on any kind of broadcast i don't know if, what it was but they were all almost in a row greg olson yeah uh, was there i mean it was just all kind of different people uh from all kind of walks of life it didn't matter what uh, broadcast they were on what network they were on what team they're affiliated with it's almost like everybody who's everybody mike tomlin said hello to yeah. me a couple times i've broke i've broken the seal when it comes to coach tomlin we're good now we're yeah, boys yeah. i even told him about the time that he he big tied me at baylor and he he just got a good laugh out of it so i mean we're good <laughs> we are good you never know who's gonna walk by and you just you know yep we just say what's up to him so it's, it's been fun man it's been fun uh being here for the for the uh, last couple days and it's really uh roger goodell the commissioner is going to be talking i think what at five o'clock there he's yep, talk- right over here right yeah i believe so right, the, the, don't over, get me lying man yeah no it's right uh, to the left of us and uh and he'll kind of give his state of the uh nfl uh, yeah. address and talk about whatever rule changes um you know were, were instituted what he just signed his new contract, I believe, or at least got a, or his, his yeah, deal. Yeah, it's, it's on the way if, if it hasn't already yeah. been done. 
making a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, he's making the league so much money that it's a, it's a no-brainer yeah. that they that they go ahead and, and re-up him. So that that's going to happen. Uh, what do you think about, and we'll deep dive into, like, you know, rule changes later, but what do you think about uh, the single-digit zero? Um, you know, I'm all for it, I guess. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. You said uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley is, is rocking that is, one, yeah. Is rocking it. Um, and who else might, uh, might, might follow? I don't know. I've been, been trying to think, you know, who the Raiders, what, what player on the Raiders, if there's a guy currently on the team that's going to say, you know what, I want that zero, number right. zero. And how do you earn that number? You right. know, because, and again, I know this is college, and I know it didn't work out in the NFL for Coach Rule, but that was something that he was a big fan of at Baylor is, right. hey, you know, you're going to earn the single digits, right? right. And so uh, they awarded the single digits as, as uh, camp went along. So I'm interested to see who's going to get that, uh, that number zero because I guarantee you there will be someone on the silver and black it's rocking zero next yeah. year. And I promise you. We all remember Agent Zero, uh, Gilbert Arenas, and I was. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know th- that that's a psychological thing for him. It goes back to draft night. Yeah. Uh, and I was there at his party. Uh, he thought he was going to get taken in the first round. He had some promises by some teams. He ended up going in the second round of the Golden State Warriors. And I remember he had like bought some jewelry and. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Because he he threw it all out. He goes. Really. I guess I don't deserve. Wow, the jewelry because nobody thinks I deserve to be a first round pick. So that's where he went to zero and became that. You know, like he thought of himself as kind of less than zero. You know, and right. used that as motivation to become a great player. But yeah, what other what what other zeros am I missing in sports? Is there any Dame Lillard? Yeah, of course. Dame Lillard zero. I mean, there's there's you know, and those are those are kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a, another zero or double zero even. Uh, I know that that's out there somewhere. Who was there? Was another double zero at one point, wasn't there, Demond? You 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 know any zeros as you're back the, uh, in the center for the Raiders? Back. I, I want to say Greg Ostertag. Oh, I th- no. You know what? I think you're right. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> um, yes, yes. My bad, and I I feel terrible that I don't remember. Uh, but yes, yes. There was definitely a double zero. The great. Uh, yes, great. yes. I know. Like Hall of Famer, <laughs> I know. Someone right now is screaming and pulling their hair out, and they're going to be Raider sixty six. Where are you? I know they're going to be angry at us because I don't remember uh, who we're talking about. But yeah, there's Jim the, Otto. Yes, jeez, Louise. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, I, we we ought to just end the show right now and just say, you know, we don't deserve to be on the show for the next right. few hours. But we can't do that because we have some really good guests coming yes. up on the show, and I don't want to miss them. But yeah, shame on me. That's on, that's on 100% on me. So let me go ahead and get into the guest that we have instead of talking about numbers because I'm going to mess this thing all the way up. But coming up at 2.30 from ESPN, Jeremy Fowler. He's all over everything NFL-related, so we'll talk to him. Uh, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. Uh, he always joins us each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock, so he'll do the same. He'll do the same thing right from here at the owners' meetings. I've been seeing him walk around throughout the course of the day. Then coming up at 3.30, Excited about this conversation. Wasn't sure if I was going to get this this conversation or not, but Raiders GM Dave Ziegler will join the show. That's going to be a lot of fun. You had an opportunity to talk to Dave Ziegler earlier in the week. I know there's been multiple other uh, folks, outlets. You know, I know Tashawn and and uh, and Paul and others have had their opportunity to talk to Dave Ziegler. Uh, and you know, this is a big one, man. This this upcoming year is a big one for the Raiders. They've got to turn around their draft woes and they've had way too many draft woes yeah and you know uh i know that you know uh in some quarters this might be um construed as excuse making but uh i'm a hey there's there's excuses but then there's also room for explanations yeah and uh there's just no denying the statistical data and information um which clearly shows that the raiders have been a bad drafting football team yeah for a while now and if you just want to you know 
go the last five years, it's been really bad. Mm -hmm. And that was what everybody had hoped would change under John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And it didn't. Right. In fact, there were some just um, just egregious errors right. that have left the roster filled with holes. And that's what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are trying to rectify, trying to get fixed. Right, exactly. And, I mean, again, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were reaching, 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 because, well, we need this, we need that, and we're going to be smarter than the other guys in the room. We're going to go after this guy that nobody's talking about. Well, there's a reason why those guys weren't talked about, because they weren't, they weren't good. They weren't the ones that were supposed to be, you know, taken at that uh, at that that position. So there's that. We got a we got a bunch of texts real quick. Yeah. I got to get to on the doublebroke.com <laughs> uh -oh. text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R for the nine two five from the three zero three Jim Otto right. explanation points eight zero six. Wow. <laughs> you know from the three one zero. Uh, Big Dub Raider says, Q, Russell Westbrook wears zero. Dane rocks it for Oakland, so technically an O, LOL. But it's a zero. His number is zero, but, yes, he does rock it for Oakland. So thank you, Big Dub Raider, and apologies to WOW. And 303, Jim Otto, Jim Otto, 925, yes. Definitely. Absolutely. No love for me getting Greg Ostertag right off, the, right off the dome? That's uh, and, and props to you, too. <laughs> I don't even know why you know something random like that. But I, that, that one, yeah. That was the, Yeah, exactly. That was very random. But, uh, yeah, props to you, Damon, for that. We do appreciate you. So back yeah. to, back to uh, Dave Ziegler. He'll join the show coming up at 3.30. Then our good friend Brandon Cristal from KOA in Colorado will join us at 4 o'clock. He's actually right across the, right. The, the way from us here on uh, Radio Row at the owners' meeting. So, uh, yeah, man, got a lot to get to on today's show. And then you're going to dip in and out of the show because you got – this, that, and the other to go chase, talk right. to this person. It's a very active. This is the good thing about me and Vinny both being here. Normally it's just Vinny, but I was able to make the trip too. Now you're able to kind of, you know, you don't have to sit there and try to hold it down a whole show. You can go <laughs> right. bounce around and this, that, and the other. So, so we're, we're more flexible. We can cover more ground that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully this is a uh, annual ritual for you now. Yeah. Um, next year it will be in Florida, but uh, that's okay. We'll figure out a way uh, to get that done because these are important, man. And, yeah. Uh, and, and it's really great access. You, you, you were in there with all the NFC coaches. Yeah. Uh, today I was doing the morning show at that, at that point. But, I mean, just to be able to walk up to yeah. whoever you want to talk to and start asking some questions and and they're all cool about it yeah no they are and i guess i've been taking l's all day i uh i tweeted out earlier this morning oh. i tweeted out matt Aberflus when yeah. i was talking i meant to tweet out matt lafleur he had a big old crew uh, just a huge <laughs> crowd and so i thought i was gonna be funny i was like oh man i wonder i bet you he's not talking about a certain right. quarterback right i thought i was being funny and then uh realized that i said uh, matt Eberflus instead of lafleur and it's funny when i tweeted it That's i was like Something just doesn't sound right, right, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And so then I realized when multiple people hit me up and got on me on Twitter, I was like, you know what? That's that few hours of sleep I didn't get That's right. that uh, is kicking in right now. And, and just, yeah, so there's that. So It happens, man. It does. So I took the L then, took the oh, L, L when it comes to Jim Otto. But I'm not taking the L on this show because this show is going to be a lot and of you're fun. You're here, man. And I'm here. We got That's plenty to get to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Coming up on today's show. So Jeremy Fowler from ESPN at 2.30. John McClain at 3. Uh, Raiders GM Dave Ziegler will join us at 3.30. And Brandon Cristal from KOA in Colorado will join us at 4 o'clock. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So for the opening drive, I want to throw the question out there. 
What do you, and this is a question that you actually uh, asked uh, Albert Breer yesterday when we had him on the show for Monday Morning Quarterback. He did a really good job. And the only reason I even bring this subject up is, one, I think it's an interesting conversation piece, but also it's been really blown out of proportion. And there's a, a website uh. that basically listens to our radio station and you know writes articles based off of what they hear. They don't put their name on it, but they'll write articles right. based on what they hear, which is fine, you know, as long as they say where they hear it from and this and that, and as long as they get it correct. Put it in the right context right exactly and you know i think that they attempted to put in the right context but i think a lot of raider nation did not pay attention to actually read or listen to the interview that albert breer had with us yesterday on the show so the question that you asked him and we're going to hear his answer in a minute what do you expect a jimmy g led raiders offense to look like and you asked him you know compared to what a Derek Carr led offense and he mentioned jimmy g and control Raider Nation only hears the word control, and they flip out. Right. And they think it's all, it's all about audibles at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's not what it is. So before we get into it and have a little discussion and hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200, here's what Albert Breer, first of all, it's Vinny's question to him, but here's what Albert Breer had to say about a Jimmy G-led offense for the Raiders. How different does the Jimmy G Raiders offense look compared to maybe the Derek Carr I think, you know, it was one thing that was interesting talking to Jimmy was, like, how excited he was to have control back. And... Um, look, like Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan's offenses, I would say, are I mean, two of the premier offenses mm-hmm. in the league right. over the last decade. Uh, but they're very different also. And like, if you want to look at the primary difference in what it means for the quarterback, well, in one offense, in the, in the McDaniels offense, the quarterback controls everything. The quarterback makes the mic call. The quarterback sets the protections. The quarterback adjusts routes. The quarterback does all of that. In the Kyle Shanahan offense, the philosophy is we're going to take stuff off the quarterback so the quarterback can play fast, okay. right? So yeah, yeah. the center does the mic calls. The center sets the protections. There's, like, I mean, a lot of times, like, like the two-play call thing where it's like, if you see this, go to this. If you mm-hmm. see this, go to that. So, like, it's I – mean, look, they're both, like, great offenses, but they're very different. And I think – it's just interesting talking to Jimmy about that, like how excited he is to go back to having a little bit more control, and he thinks it's going to make him a better player. Um, and I think, you know, like, was Derek Carr capable of some of that stuff? Yeah, like he was. Is Jimmy Garoppolo a little more comfortable with it? Of right. course, because yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo spent almost four years running that offense, learning that offense. And really, if you go back to his background, like he was raw as they come coming out of Eastern mm-hmm. Illinois, right? Yeah. Um, and that was like very much like the old like Art Bryles, Baylor offense, basketball on grass, all of that. Yep. Just go out there and play point guard and sling it, yep. right? Yep. And so really like Jimmy's like like Jimmy's like incubation period as a quarterback was in that offense. And so I think like have like I think like the having the quarterback that's so comfortable with ownership of like like having ownership over all of those things, I think should Hopeful, I think the hope is that that winds up opening things up for Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and Jacoby Myers right. and Hunter Renfro and, like, Josh Jacobs and creates an environment where those guys are more consistently going to be in a position to get open and to succeed in the passing game. So I was Albert Breer yesterday on the show, right, talking about what Jimmy G is excited about in control. And, again, that control word is all that a lot of fans heard was control, and they immediately think of, okay, audibles at the line of scrimmage. But as he clearly just said, that's not what he was talking about. No. He was talking about setting the protections, doing I mean, just setting up everything where – 
it's actually there's more responsibilities on the quarterback in a McDaniels-led offense than even there is in a Shanahan-led offense. He wants, yeah, uh, more on his plate. He's happy yes. to get more on his plate. Right. Um, you know, the, uh, the job description changes a little bit um, uh, with the Raiders. And that's, that doesn't mean, like, Raider fans are taking it or fans, oh, he's got control of the offense, right. the play call. Right. You know, he's still going to get – um, you know a uh, a uh, you know a menu of plays right. to call at any given time, based on what the original call is and, yep. and what the uh, what the complementary play to that is, based on what the look might be uh, defensively. Uh, which Derek Carr had that opportunity as well. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that was taken away from Derek Carr. So yeah, um, it's 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 how you are looking at the word control, right? And I would suggest. You know, um, you know, or recommend don't read too much into that. Right, in and, and, and that, that part of it. That's the thing about it is that th- that Josh McDaniels needs to have a quarterback, or feel like he has to have a quarterback that can do all of that. Right, right, and 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 have and handle all those responsibilities. Where Kyle Shanahan was like, "No, you don't need all those responsibilities. Right. <laughs> I just want you." It's actually more. You have less options right. in Kyle Shanahan's office. It's like, go here and there. Right. And that's it. And that's kind of what the narrative has been. And that's the only reason I'm really even bringing it up. That's what the narrative has been with McDaniel's offense is that, oh, well, you have to do this and you have to do that. When really, it's like, no. You know, you actually have a lot more responsibility if he could trust you to do that. Right. Uh, no question about it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, it, the, the era that we're in right now where the coach I, – I hate to use the word control, but the coach's job is to put the team – right into the best possible position. And part of the team is the quarterback who distributes the ball, the yep. facilitator of the ball. And the coach spends a lot of time. It's like, remember, remember what Jay, uh, Stroud said to us at the Combine? He goes, you know, we spend so much time on these plays. Yeah. It's bad if I just break off the play. Right, right, right. <laughs> after the first yeah, option yeah. isn't there. And just run. All right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you have to allow the play to play out right that's why we put so much time into these plays yep and that's what even at the nfl level it's the same exact thing and and so you know there's there's a part of coaching that says this is where you look first second third fourth at some point along the line yeah one of those will be open if not then we gotta decide what we're gonna do after that but right it's not unusual and i know and it's funny you know when when they have the the passing when it's right around the draft and they had all the guys at the whiteboard they, they give yeah. them a play and they say okay this is your first read right you know like mariucci this is your first read this is jerry rice this is your second read yeah. this is john taylor yeah. here's your third read this is to you know right all right so and then write the play and then erase it okay go ahead who's your options where right. you you know so that's, I mean, that's natural football. So, with all that being said, I mean, I'm not going to harp on that. With all that being said, I throw the question back at you, and, I, and we'll ask Damon, who's right. back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, what do you think a Jimmy G-led offense looks like? And, and we know that there's pieces that still are to be added, but what, how do you think it operates? How do you think it looks different than what we saw last year? Man, uh, if I could get specific, I think, um, where it has a chance to look really different and potentially better is in the red zone. Okay. And, and, you know, we, we, we talked about this, I believe, yesterday. The numbers that, that Jimmy Garoppolo has had in the red zone, you know, he's, he's one, I think, the eighth best quarterback with, you know, 200 or more attempts in the red zone over the last X amount of years. Yeah. His passer rating is over 100. He's been really good and right. really productive. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Derek Carr has it in that same exact time span based on all the same dynamics and same um, situations. Right. So, if it could look better, if, if, a, if a Jimmy Garoppolo-led Raiders offense could look better in places like the red zone, that's mm-hmm. just going to help the team 
win. I don't know if it's going to translate. We'll right. see. But, I mean, it's, it's been a while, and he's mm-hmm. been really good in those areas. So does that change? Does that improve for the Raiders? I think it has a chance to. Well, I'll tell you this, and we'll go to DeMond Cotton next uh, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I think what we see a lot of is the ball coming out quick, yes. right? I think that there there's – I don't think that there is holding the ball, trying to uh, allow a play to, to develop down the field, which, you know, kind of goes against what the Raiders were built on, which is always go deep. I don't think you're going to see a lot of deep shots, but I do think you're going to see the ball get out quick and get into a guy like Jacoby Myers, a guy like Devontae Adams, who, oh, by the way, has thrived in that kind of offense yes. where you just get the ball into his hands let him go to work afterwards. Right. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I don't know what tight end they're going to add in the draft. I'm assuming they're going to add a more athletic, a, a guy who can make more plays. Uh, I think you're going to see Josh Jacobs involved in the, right. in the passing game a little bit more as well. But a lot of it, in my opinion, is going to be get the ball out pretty quickly, uh, you know, run the short route. Hunter Renfro, I think this is really – Austin if, Hooper. If, if he can figure it out, yeah. And if they if they can figure out and get on the same page, this could be actually an offense that Hunter Renfro could really thrive in. I, yes. I think, right? You know, but we haven't seen it. Of course, it has to get out on the grass. We all understand that, but there's no reason that there isn't that, that, that there shouldn't be a possibility that this Raiders offense can be pretty darn good. Right? They got the players. Of course, there's no doubt. And I do think Jacoby Myers is a is a much better addition to be a true number two wide receiver as opposed to fill in the blank with who's going to be number two, right? right. And, and I, I say number two because Hunter, I just look at as a slot guy right. who's, who he could end up having the numbers of a number one. Exactly. Right? I mean, we saw that, but I just, I just put him in the slot, say, Devontae outside, right. you know, Jacoby outside, Hunter uh, in the slot. But you also know that Jacoby has the opportunity to go inside as well. I mean, hell, they all do, really. Devontae can operate out of the yeah. slot, too. So they really can get creative. But, DeMond, I want to hear from you, man. Uh, what do you think with Jimmy G uh, behind the behind center? You know, Jacoby Myers now added to the mix. Hunter Renfro's in the mix. Uh, we don't know who's going to be the day one tight end, but I'm assuming that there's going to be, you know, some more additions to that room. Uh, Josh Jacobs as the running back. I mean, what do you think this offense looks like in uh, 2023? I think they were going to see a little bit more play action than we saw last year with Derek Carr, and that's also going to be helpful for Josh Jacobs. But I do think that with Jimmy G, we're going to see more play action. And also, as you said, the slot receivers, they're going to be involved in this offense a little bit more. And it's going to be a yak, it's going to be a yak offense. Where Devontae Adams, people, where they might wonder where he's going to get his stats at, I think it's going to be more of a, hey, Devontae, you, get, you create on that slant and you, make, and you create that yardage, that first down opportunity from there. I'm not expecting Jimmy G, as you said, to hold the ball, to wait for that deep shot. The ball is going to be getting out quicker. And I do think that him getting the ball out quicker, it'll translate to us watching as a more efficient offense. Okay. What do you think, Vinny? I, I, I like the sound of that. Um, and, I, and, you know, talking to some people, you know, with the Raiders as it relates to the offensive line, getting the ball out quicker helps your offensive That's line. That's true. If there's some deficiencies that you might have, uh, one way to protect it or to overcome that is to get the ball out quicker. So, yeah, I think uh, that was a great point by UQ in terms of optically what it could look like. Yeah. It's a faster pace mm-hmm. and a much faster pace in terms of getting it out, getting the ball out. So, Raider Nation, I'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line is always wide open. Like some old school TV antennas at 69187, keyword R&R. What do you expect a Jimmy G-led Raiders offense to look like in 2023? I already got a couple texts that I want to uh, bring up real quick. Uh, this one's from the 530. Jimmy could take a hit in the pocket, and when he does get sacked, he won't lead the league in fumbles. The new Raider way is tough, guys, hence Carr and Waller are gone. And, you know, I, I can s- agree with that where I think that he'll, you know, take a hit and not fumble, but I also don't want to see him take a hit right. because I don't want him to I get know. injured. Exactly. That's- <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I, I hate sounding like I'm so scary about a dude getting injured, but, it, I mean, it's just – 
It's there. It's it's there. It's every year, pretty much. Right. I mean, he's had like one healthy year in his career. Right. So it's something that you have to be aware of. It's right. a concern until it's not a concern. Yeah. And the only way that it's not going to be a concern is if he goes through 17 games and then the playoffs, if they can make it to the playoffs, healthy. Um, but uh, one thing he has also shown, he'll play hurt, too. Yeah. He'll play injured. Um, he's done that before. Uh, but like you said, you hope that it doesn't come to that. Just hope that it never comes to that. And uh, ball security in the pocket is something that is a major uh, need. The Raiders need to make sure that they take care of the ball in the pocket, even in a case of a sack, a strip sack, whatever the case may be. How about this one from 805 Raider? Everyone, including the owner, is pushing this bad drafting narrative. Don't like it. Points all the fingers at past regimes, but the defense got worse in 2022 from the playoff year of 2021. The defense gave up one point less per game last year. Than it did in 2021. There's that. I don't know if it's saying it's better or worse. Right. Both stunk. Yeah, they both, both were bad. Were, were bad. So to sit here and say it got worse, I mean, statistically, it got better. But 805 Raider, you have to be able to admit. If you can't admit, you're just not there's willing no, to admit. There's I mean, no finger pointing. It's no, it's not, it's not finger pointing. It's, it's the facts are the drafting has not been good for the Raiders, not just to the last staff. Not just the staff before that. I mean, li- literally, I mean, Reggie McKenzie only had one good draft. That was 2014. Right. You know, that was actually a really good draft. I mean, that's, that's, that's facts. The owner came out and apologized for that. <laughs> right. And said the buck stops here. He's not pointing any fingers right. except Matter right fact, himself. Yeah, he said that the only thing that has been consistent over the last 11 years is him. Right. And now he's, I think what he's basically saying is I hired all those people. Right. And didn't get it, and we didn't get it right. That's on me. Right. And again, I don't, you know, if, if you're too... If you're too afraid to identify what the problem was and articulate what the problem was and try to get better from that problem and identify where you need to get better, then right. what, what are we doing here? Right. I mean, and, I mean, look, if you can't admit that the drafting has been poor, then, I mean, that's just, that again, that's an issue. And that's how you, you know, have lack of talent is because of the draft. And I always challenge people when they say, well, when they leave the Raiders, they get better. Who I know exactly. Right, I mean, there, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple examples this, here and there, but not for the most part. I mean, look, there's guys that aren't in the league. Right, right. Arnett out of the league. Leatherwood just about out of the league. Rugs. We already know the situation with him. Now it's a whole different, you know, conversation. Lynn but Brown. you know, go back to yeah. He's 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 whatever. Brian Edwards is on his third team. Right. You know, he went, Mullen. Right. He's on like team five. Right. Right. I mean, it's just and it barely hanging on to a thread. And I like Mullen. I thought he had a lot of opportunity, Definitely but I think is. injuries derailed him. Yeah. And, right. And, and that's just the reality of it. You yeah. know, it's just it's just it's just the reality that some guys just don't cut it. I mean, Tanner Muse never even played a snap. Right. Right. And he's I just mean, that's basically facts. a special teams guy with the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Jonathan Abrams on what? Team four. Yeah. You know, he went from the Raiders to the Packers to the Seahawks to, what, the, the Saints? Saints? Yeah. yeah, he's on Team 4. I, got, I did get a text from him. He's like, who that baby? So uh, he's, he's happy. <laughs> well, and that's and he, good. Yeah, that's I good. hope it works out for him. Yeah. But I think he's – Jonathan is who he is. Right, exactly. And clearly he was overdrafted, you know. Cleef Earl, he's now on his second team. Right. I mean, it's just – the reality is that the drafting hasn't been very good. And, I mean, that's, that's – and, that again, that's not just blaming the past staff. It's blaming the staff before that. Right. You know, I mean, when they draft Jahad Ward instead of Derrick Henry. Right. Right. You know, Jahad Ward is still floating around the league, but he's just that. Right. Floating around the league instead of being a difference maker. He's a That's jag. right. Just a guy. Exactly. That's the thing. You have to find difference makers. Right. You have to find guys that can be alphas, guys that can, you know, that that are going to make your team that much better and they they have a lack of that right right now. and if it makes anybody feel better um the 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 emphasis that is being put on the bad drafting is followed up with it's on us right 
to get it right. Right, exactly. And the only way to get it right is to draft better. And, so, that, and that's, I mean, and, and we won't know if they do until we see it. Right. You know, so there's, you know, everything is being said the right way. That, hey, we're going to build it through the draft. We've got 12 draft picks, going to make it happen. And we'll talk to Dave Ziegler coming up at 3.30. But until we actually see the picks, see them go out there on the field and perform, we don't know. Right. Um, one, one thing that seems to be um, solid right now is the – is the process now, the evaluation process. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on the same page. Dave Ziegler has talked about the language being spoken is the same language and now has been continuous now for the last 12, more, more than 12 months. Yeah. Uh, now, which wasn't the case last year. Right. Um, you know, they were trying to, uh, they were talking a different language, you know, compared to uh, what the scouts that they inherited mm-hmm. had been hearing for the last three or four years. So uh, there's, there's that, that should create, uh, the possibility of a better draft this year for them, um, especially with 12 picks, that's going to be super important. So Yeah, I mean, they don't, don't have – Who knows? Right. They don't have the three first picks – th- three first rounders that the Raiders had, you know, a few years ago. But still, having 12 draft picks is pretty stinking nice. Heck, yeah. It's pretty nice. So if you have that opportunity, you take advantage of it. And you know it. who – that was Brian Edwards. Yep. Trayvon Mullen yep. was part of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Hankins – yeah, uh, the defensive tackle. Right. Uh, so, th- so they were able. Waller, Den- yeah, uh, Darren Waller. They were able to, to, to move on from some players that weren't fitting in anymore. Right. Um, and and be able to reap something back for that. They got the comp picks for letting uh, Zay Jones leave yep. and uh, uh, Casey Hayward. Right. You know uh, that's the, true. You, you're, you're that's how you play that game yeah. too. That's how you add to your draft arsenal, and and I, I would suspect moving forward that's going to be a big part of what the Raiders. You know, and and just to reiterate, not to try to beat up a dead horse, but I mean, a lot of Raider Nation wanted Casey Hayward back, and he didn't even finish the season with Atlanta. Right. I mean, he played a handful of games, and right. he they really got the best out of him. That was a really good gem that they got in Casey Hayward, and then when they decided to let him leave, go get a little bit of money, that was that was the end of that, and so it worked out well. Even when people were talking about, you think. In Gakwe, it's not like he had a great year. He's with, a free agent again. And nobody's <laughs> he's a free agent again. Found in the <laughs> right. bar. Exactly. He's still available. Yeah. He's still available right now. He's a kind of a become what he is, a one trick pony. Yeah. He's not He's a guy who's gonna get you eight sacks a year. But and I would love to see him in the silver and black getting eight more sacks for the you know, for the Raiders. But again, he's just that's what he is. And if you run him out there play after play after play, guess what who people are gonna run? Right to right him, and it's going to be a liability. So yep. you know, like a Jerry Tillery at this point, in, in in some ways. Yeah, yeah, pretty good against uh, in in the pass rush. Right, but there's more to football than just that, especially at as, as a defensive end. So yeah, to your point, okay, they've gotten rid of a lot of guys, and I'm maybe I'm missing somebody that's just broken through. <laughs> right, no. No, they're, I mean, not really. I mean, like you said, you brought up Arden Key. He's made a nice little kind of career out of his. Four sacks. So, you know, sacks. I mean, he did, he did all right. You know, San Francisco parlayed that into a decent deal in Jacksonville. Now he's in uh, Tennessee. But, I mean, again, that's his fourth team. So, right. I mean, you know, there, there's yeah, Jacksonville that. didn't keep him. Right. Exactly. That part. So, I mean, again, there's you can go. we can go up and down the recent drafts. And, I mean, recent going back like 10 years. And you wouldn't be impressed and overwhelmed by it. No. Too many picks that they have. He's Vinny Bonsignor. I'm Q Myers. The Monicons in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. The question we throw out there, what do you expect a Jimmy G-led Raiders offense to look like? 69187, keyword R&R. That is the Dolbybroke.com text line coming up next. Joining us here at the table from ESPN will be Jeremy Fowler. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Here at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Your boy Q here. My man Vinny just ran off down the way a little bit, but he'll be back in just a second. I did want to hit up a text or two from the don'tbebroke.com text line as we threw the question out there. Uh, what do you expect a Jimmy G-led Raiders offense to look like in 2023? 69187, keyword r Jim from Yonkers said the ball will come out fast. More yards after the catch due to shorter passes. Time of possession increases. Could keep our D on the sidelines longer. I would still draft a wide receiver that can learn from Devontae and has good yak. Thanks for a good show. Uh, thank you so much, Jim. Do appreciate that. And, yeah, that's kind of what I expect, too. I would expect to see the ball come out quick, fast, and in a hurry and allow the, uh, the, the wide receivers and playmakers to do what they do following that. One quick t- tweet from Mike and then we'll get to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN who's uh, rolling up on us right now. Mike said, uh, Q, listening to your show, you and Vinny sound fully bought in. Let me ask you this. We win 5-6 to six next year. You still cool. That's Mike uh, and Mike's not a big fan of this staff and that's fine and he's been that way uh, the whole time and look, it's not about what I think. 5-6 to six wins is definitely not, not something I want at all. I mean, I, I had this team pegged at 10, 10 or 11 wins last year, and it didn't work out. What I'm totally bought in on, Mike, is giving the staff a chance. <laughs> That's what I'm totally bought in because, I mean, right, like every, every, every coaching staff, every front office has been given a chance except for this one. And for the most part, this one hasn't been given a chance because of where they came from, not because of who they are. If they were Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels from, I don't know, the Atlanta Falcons, no one would have a problem with them. If they were Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nobody would have a problem with them. But they came from New England, so everyone's already kind of like looking at them side-eye, right? You know, I mean, and, and that's, I get it. It's natural. But I'm just under the belief of you don't just go in, hire someone, fire someone, hire someone, fire someone, just keep that insane cycle going over and over and over you know, it's just it's just one of those things. So that's that's what I'm bought in on, giving this team and this staff an opportunity to show what they can do and also getting uh, getting 12. Uh, they have 12 draft picks as well that they can work with for their opportunity to to try to grow. So uh, there there is that. Vinny, what's up? Real quick. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I was I was listening to what you said. I buying in to guaranteed success nobody is sitting here and saying that that's going to happen but i absolutely am bought into these guys were hired to do a job this staff was hired to do a job we just brought up the 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 college scouting uh, director right right? he got here in may of last year (laughs) right i don't know i'm not a mathematician uh, uh but that's not even 12 months right that's not even a full year that he's been on board right uh and 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 that's what we're talking about here. It, you have to give something the necessary time one way or another. And to your point, that's what I embody in. That's what I feel like is needed right now. Right. Um, and not pulling the plug in and uh, sticking it back in. This regime, bringing in this offensive corner, that offensive corner, this GM. It doesn't work that way. No, no, not at all. And again, at the end of the day, just like uh, Mike hit us up on Twitter. It's funny, a lot of Mike's on Twitter right now. Uh, Mike McKean just hit us up. He's like, as long as the results are more wins, that, that's all I care about. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And I would like to see those wins sooner rather than later. I'd like to see, yeah. you know, 10, 11 wins this year. I don't know that that's going to happen. I really don't. I, and again, I went all in last year thinking that they were going to win 10, 11 games. And I, I was not apologetic about that. That's what I believed. And I was wrong. 
So now, okay, they're taking a different approach. They're going to try to build this thing through the draft. They have the 12 picks right now. So I'm not going to get super high or super low. I haven't got mad or anything about any kind of uh, free agents that they've signed. Uh, even the guy who didn't want Jimmy G. I didn't want them to get Jimmy G because of the injury history. But he's the quarterback. So, okay, let's see how it works out. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that things can't work out. And they win nine games next year. They right. win a bunch of the close games that they lost or a handful, five more of the games that they lost. And all of a sudden... You win five of the nine that you lost, right. you're at 11 wins. Right, no doubt, no doubt. And so, uh, yeah, thank you, Mike, for your tweet, and thank you, Mike, also for your tweet. One more text, uh, and then we'll take a quick break as uh, Jeremy's coming up right now. Uh, Brad and Concord say, hey, Q, I totally have been sharing your concern for the injury chances of Jimmy G. I wasn't a big fan of signing him, not because of his play, but because of his prior uh, injuries. Have you ever seen the 90s movies Little Giants where that injury-prone kid's mom wrapped him in padding with duct tape? That's how I feel. Outside that, I'm thinking Jimmy G's offense will be more fast-paced, Play actions, quick outs, and I think Jimmy G will have an overall improved handle of the offense just from prior familiarity. Got to keep him upright, though, and that's that's the key, Vinny. That's the key. Keeping him upright and trying the best they can to keep him healthy. And Sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes <laughs> you just can't help it. Stuff happens. And he has been the victim of bad luck. Yeah. Uh, yep. So hopefully the luck changes, maybe uh, Las Vegas luck, you know, good fortune. Maybe that <laughs> turns his way because if he could play 17 games or just stay healthy, right. um, there's really no – and everybody else – too, there's no reason why this offense shouldn't be able to score points. Well, and the thing about it is, and Demond, I think you have the soundbite from Kyle Shanahan this morning when I had an opportunity to, to stand at the table and listen to what he had to say, and he had a bunch of different reporters around there, but I do think you have the sound uh, about Jimmy G, and, and he was asked about you know the time that he was the 49ers quarterback and just kind of what he was able to do for the organization, what he meant to the organization, and of course, when Kyle, Kyle Shanahan talked about him, he brought up the fact that uh, uh, about the injuries. So, Damon, give me the thumbs up if you got it. All right, here we go. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about Jimmy G earlier this morning. Well, I think it was extremely successful. I mean, look at his record. I know he had a, he had a hard time staying healthy with us. The one year that he did stay healthy, it took us to the Super Bowl. Um, there is two other years that, you know, the, the next year that he stayed the most healthy, we went to the NFC Championship. Um, Jimmy played at an extremely high level for us and allowed us to win a lot of games, and he's a very good quarterback. So there you go. It's not a whole lot there. Not a whole lot from him about Jimmy G, but, I mean, it just kind of goes back to what we've been talking about. Good quarterback, has to stay healthy. And when healthy, check the record. Right. They win. His teams win. Right. And it's, and it's Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels' job to build a really good team exactly. around him. And I, when I say team, I'm talking about the other side of the ball, too. Right. I think the offensive side of the ball Should is going to be okay. Be okay. Yeah. The defense is what needs to be built up. Let's take a quick break. Let's reset real quick. Jerry Fowler from ESPN is going to join us here at the owners' meetings and any other time we're in these kind of settings. Sometimes you see a guy walking towards you, and then all of a sudden they got hung up talking to someone. So we'll get Jerry Fowler. All, uh, we'll get the headset on him, and uh, he'll join us next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 will join us right here at the table, talk all things NFL and what's going on here at the owners' meeting. But right now, as promised, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joins us, and we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. Jeremy, And there's a lot going on here at the owners' meetings, including we found out that you can wear number zero now. They've approved that, the owners have. Yeah, only the hard-hitting news out here at the NFL <laughs> owners' meetings are tackling the big issues. Um, yeah, it, it's an easy one to to pass because it's fairly harmless, and if the player wants to wear it, they can. You know, uh, it will look different for sure. We've seen it in other leagues, yeah, um, in other uniforms. So I'm just curious to see if it 
uh, is sort of an, an eyesore or if it ends up being pretty cool? I think it'll be pretty cool, and I think the players will enjoy it. Again, those single digits, they get fired up. We see them get fired up in college about it, so I think that yeah. they'll, they'll enjoy it in the NFL. But the one that really stood out to me was the roughing the passer, and I thought that that was going to end up becoming reviewable. Uh, it is not. So uh, what did you think about that? Yeah, you know, I just I was sensing there wasn't a lot of momentum on that one and, and a lot of these rules. Uh, it's one that the competition committee is passionate about because – uh, a lot of the guys on the committee have a defensive background, right? You know, and, yeah. and they're they're tired of uh, seeing it judged in, in different ways, and and the delicacy with which um, you have to bring down a quarterback without getting a penalty is, is a challenge, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think t- time of game is an issue as well. You know, they don't want to to disrupt the flow of the game unless they absolutely have to. You know, they like that they've been able to reduce the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's kind of a factor. And then uh, it, it's it could be something they revisit in time, uh, but you know for now it, it sounds like it's just not a pressing issue for the people in the room. What do you think the big? I mean, what do you? How do you think that they go about correcting it though? Like you mentioned, you know, I mean, tackling and sacking the quarterback is challenging. <laughs> so yeah. what, what do you know? What do they do to to fix it so you can actually sack a quarterback and not feel like you're going to get a penalty every time? It's just it's it seems like it's almost impossible. Right, I, and I don't have an answer to that. I mean, I think. Um, the issue of body weight, right? That was mm-hmm. a problem a couple years ago. And I feel like defensive players have tried to correct that and they still get hit with the fouls. That, that's sort yeah. of, um, I know that the helplessness that they feel like, okay, we make an adjustment and then it's still not good enough. Um, so it's, you know, there's some inconsistency there, but I, I, I think they're hopeful that they can continue to educate the officials uh, and everybody involved so that there's a, a smoother playing field there. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Again, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, we're pretty much transitioning into draft season, which is also lion season. So yeah. how much uh, jockeying do you think for position these different uh, you know teams are doing, trying to trying to convince one team that they're looking at something when they're looking at another? I mean, how much, how much is going on right now? Not as much yet. I mean, you're definitely going to see that the next three to four weeks for sure uh, into mid-April. You know, you're going to have uh, agents who believe their client's going to go at a certain number, right. or go a certain range, and that might not happen. You know, you have teams that like the perception that they're looking at several players. <clears throat> you know, Carolina's a classic example. You know, they're sitting there uh, at number one. Clearly, they moved up knowing that they were in love with one of the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. maybe two, but, you know, like the, the message is that they're looking at three guys and that they could move back in the draft and all that, so... Uh, there, there's some moving parts um, for sure, and it, it really in the top ten, it's all about what can you get in a trade, right? You know, and or how can you uh, you know hope or create a perception that the player could fall to you that you really want. Um, you know, that's always fascinating. There's a little bit of that with Micah Parsons. I feel like a couple years ago, yeah, yeah, where no he doubt. fell, but then mm-hmm. other teams are like, well, he's clearly the best defensive player in the draft. Um, he probably shouldn't have fallen <laughs> that far. But there are perceptions about character issues, you know, and, and right. those prove to be, uh, you know, not a problem for Dallas. So th- those are the kind of things that I'm watching in the, in the weeks leading up. You know, like Jalen Carter. Right. Good example. I mean, you know, huge talent. Mm-hmm. So I think that will eventually shine through more than the other stuff. But he, it seems, sounds like he has legitimate character issues. So. Um, we'll see where that one goes, but that's a good example of like the, the tape says draft him very, very high. Right, right. He very well could have been the number one pick overall if yeah. that ended up being, you know, a player outside of the quarterback position. So how valuable do you think that that Arizona where they're sitting at number three right there? We feel like one and two is going to be quarterbacks, no doubt, but they don't need a quarterback, but other teams do. 
Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't moved on that yet, to be honest, because you'd think there'd be some urgency to get out of three uh, because teams are now deciding or in the process of deciding if, if they really feel like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson is worth moving up for. I think everybody pretty much feels that one and two is going to go to C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Right. That seems to be the sentiment. One way or the other, right? <laughs> around the league, right. <laughs> yeah. So if you're Arizona, you got to gauge, well, is there enough interest in, say, Will Levis for somebody to come up to me? Uh, maybe that's why they haven't done a deal yet because it's just not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's clearly clearly got to be the pivot point. Um, did they make it an easy decision and just take Will Anderson and have your edge rusher for the next 10 years? Uh, or do you try to move out? So my guess is they would like to move out, but there just hasn't been the right offer. Yeah, that's it, that really to me is the sweet spot right there, number three. You know, and then you also look at it, and if it goes CJ, Bryce, Bryce, CJ, whatever we think is going to be one, two, how often do we see four quarterbacks drafted in the top ten and they're all good? Right? I mean, how often yeah. do four quarterbacks get drafted in the top ten, which I think could happen, and then they all end up working out? Right. I mean, look at the draft two years ago, you know, with uh, Mac Jones – who's been pretty good, but mm-hmm. a little up and down. Trey, right. Trey Lance. Uh, not available. Not available. <laughs> kind of an unwritten story. Zach Wilson didn't work out. Um, and, of course, Trevor Lawrence did work out. Justin Fields seems to be trending upward. So you, that's the latest example I can think of, like five guys going pretty high. Right. Top 15. And there's still being uncertainty there. So, uh, yeah, this is this is an interesting one because among those top four, there's considered good depth. Like, they're all going to go very high. But – they all have questions. Yeah. So uh, the feeling is next year's draft, at least the top two guys, you know, Drake May and Caleb Williams, those mm-hmm. are probably considered more of a sure bet. So it's interesting to see which teams don't take one now, thinking maybe they can get one of those guys next year. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is with us here on Radio Nation Radio. 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I'm looking at Seattle at five as kind of the sweet spot where they have options, right? They can go Anthony Richardson there, yeah. sit him behind Geno. They can go Jalen Carter there because it's Seattle, and I feel like they can get away with, you know, and, and, and take a yeah. chance and say, hey, we got, the, we got the structure in place for him. He'll be just fine. And then they have two first-round picks. So, I've, you know what I mean? It's almost like they got that bonus. So I look at, at Seattle as almost a spot where it could be pivotal in this upcoming draft because they have so many different options. Yeah, they're probably the most fascinating team because mm-hmm. they have a quarterback that they just re-signed, but really that's, it's a contract they could get out of in a year. Um, and they have Drew Locke, who they like too, but he's the backup clearly. Right. So do you take a swing? I mean, they've been in every pro day taking the selfies with the quarterbacks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm more inclined to think they go defense heavy mm-hmm. with the first two picks. But, um, you know, they're, they're a, a unique franchise where they look for value in a lot of different ways. You know, they don't, they don't necessarily go by everybody else's script. Right. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me and if they go offense heavy or, you know, they take a receiver at 20. Like, um, you know, that's a team that's pretty open-minded. So uh, they're going to take a hard and fast look at all those quarterbacks. Yeah, open-minded to say the least. <laughs> that's exactly what I think of when I think of the Seattle Seahawks. So one of the big storylines that came out of the owners' meetings uh, on Monday, as a matter of fact, was the Lamar Jackson, the tweet that was clearly scheduled to tweet as soon as John Harbaugh sat down. And so does, do you think that now that he's put it out there that so everyone knows that he wants a trade, does, do you think that that actually changes anything for where we are with the Lamar Jackson situation? Not really. I th- for me, it's just a way of him expressing his unhappiness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with the situation more so than an actual hard and fast trade because the the dynamics of the franchise tag are, are pretty explicit. You know, there's an offer sheet that a team can put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he sign, if, if the Ravens don't match it, then they give up the two first round picks to the Ravens. Otherwise 
I guess what can be done, and maybe this forces the issue a little bit, is to do a traditional sign and trade, like the Raiders did with Devontae Adams. Right. Um, you execute the, the player signs the tag, and then you execute the deal and work out the compensation where it doesn't have to be as formatted as like the non-exclusive tag set right. up the way it is now. So maybe you know Lamar's request can sort of expedite things trending in that direction. Mm-hmm. But it's you know the Ravens keep doubling and tripling down that they want they're committed to resigning yeah. him, even though there's a huge gap in the guaranteed money. So. Um, I think the draft will be an inflection point here. It will heat it up a little bit. Um, pretty similar to the Aaron Rodgers situation, too. Yeah. You know, it was just, I could still see there being a lull in the action right now. Do you think that the Lamar Jackson situation could actually go a little bit longer than the draft and maybe get resolved after it's done? And then maybe a team like Miami, who doesn't have a first sure. round pick this year, gets into the mix? Sure. Uh, you know, with Miami given two of the fifth year option, that kind of yeah. locks them in. I just, it's so hard to find a logistical team like mm-hmm. i've asked around other teams trying to find who's going to be involved with lamar and i, just, I cannot find a team right um i feel like i've scoured the earth on it so i, I don't know <laughs> you're doing the, doing the hard research and can't come up with it <laughs> right so i just i don't know unless somebody surprised me you never say never but right right now there's just not a lot of momentum uh for a team making a move on them well it seems like there's been some momentum on uh washington the commander's getting sold now there's what three bids that are out there a couple six billion dollar ones and a five and a half a billion does it seem like this is going to get wrapped up kind of quickly and Daniel Snyder may be out? I actually thought there was going to be more conversation about that here, but it seems like it's just kind of rolling along. Well, I think that's part of it because the owners know that they might be close to a sale, so mm-hmm. they don't have to press the issue. Snyder's going to do the work for them, you know? Right. It seems to be what's going on right now because the bids are coming in hot. Yeah, they are. You know, um, it's an attractive market, storied fan base. You saw it with Denver. They sold for a big number. This one's going to sell for an even bigger number. So, uh, because of that, the owners are kind of getting out of the way a little bit. There's nothing to really vote on because they figure in 2023 something will get done. Yeah, it seems like it's it's getting getting done sooner rather than later, and it's it's on the it's on the edge. Well, Jeremy, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, anything else that you're you're hot on right now while you're at the owners meeting that you're working on, or just no, just you know, just trying to find out what's going on with any potential trades. It's been a slow trade market, you know, yeah. so maybe a DeAndre Hopkins type deal pops right. up here. What's his uh, market like? I mean, realistically, it seems like he's always up for another contract extension or always wants a contract extension. Yeah, it's – teams are poking around on it. I just – I don't sense anything hard and fast yet mm-hmm. because of the money involved, the $19 million salary. Right. Um, you know, the compensation you'd have to give up. I, I assume Arizona has softened from where they were originally on it. They wanted a lot. So, uh, it's – yeah, it, there's just – there's there are a lot of – variables that are hard for a team to take on. You know, he's a suspension away from being out for the year because of what happened with his previous situation. So uh, a lot has to shake out there, but I I don't see him being on their roster next year, even though Jonathan Gannon kind of hinted at that in his press conference. Um, You know, a team that's clearly resetting, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it. Um, He just doesn't seem to fit in those plans. Do you think, one more question for you, there's any chance that the Texans were to go with a defensive player at number two or they're, they're definitely locked in at a quarterback, right? Well, defensive head coach, you, that's, know, you that's, never know. That's what creeps in my mind. I'm just like, is there a chance? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't think so. I don't either. Um, <laughs> I don't think so because it's just such a rare opportunity. Uh, although Houston, with the way they've played the couple, last couple of years, maybe it won't be so rare. Maybe they'll be right back down there. Right. But, uh yeah, I would be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love to have Will Anderson, but I just, I just don't see it. They got to get their guy. They got to get their trigger man, and I, I believe it's either like we mentioned, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. It's probably closer to Bryce Young than C.J. But there's yeah. that. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It's always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks again.
Jeremy Fowler right there from ESPN. Uh, good stuff right there with him. Coming up in uh, the next hour as we kick off hour number two of the show, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. Ask him about that. Uh, is there a possibility they pass on a quarterback at number two with the Houston Texans and potentially go with a defensive player with a defensive-minded head coach? Is there a chance? Well, we'll talk to John McClain next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.